0: Hi, I'm Miller, and this is the latest episode of the Miller's Game Room podcast, which is uh, recorded a little later than usual, mainly because I was waiting for the results of a uh, certain announcement, which uh, I'll get into later. And so yeah, today there's going to be um, quite a bit of gaming news, a bit about what I've been playing, which includes, um, well, as the game from last week, I mentioned last time, Fatamoru, and a few other things. And also I'm going to talk a little bit at the end about video game soundtrack and why I like it, as well as some of my favourites. Um, let's get into today's episode. And so first off, I'm going to start with the, the news and we're going to talk about the Animal Crossing updates because that was something that I was um, well looking forward to, to see what Nintendo had to reveal for that. And yeah, the free content was actually looking pretty good. There'll be a patch on November the 5th, so that'll be next week and there will be the other things like cooking and the boat tours, the open market, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to digging back into it and really getting into this game again. I can't wait to actually, like, play this game more. Like, I started playing a bit recently, because last week I um, showed off my island again to some people online, which they really liked, so I um, will uh, get back into it. And, uh, Expand a bit more with this new content and see how it is and just make more changes. I'm really looking forward to it And then the DLC is uh basically uh, Also launching on November 5th, which is this is paid happy home designer 2 Which um, is well, I've not played happy home paradise on the 3DS Even though I want to pick it up and wanted to for a while. It's basically that expanded and uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. I think I'll get that as well because the main thing with that is um to not need to do skills on the islands to build different for people but also some of the skills i learned from that i can take back to my own island like pillars and dividers although if i do get it i'll just get the standalone because i don't care for the online expansion which is um that was also revealed to be part of the expansion pack which um is i'm sure if probably know what it is because i mean it actually launched around today when i'm recording it and um the n64 content which was added with a uh, apparently not emulated too great which um kind of disappointing and um there's also mega drive stuff which is cool which is cool for you if you don't want to get the sega mega drive like physical release and that's still cool to have and uh, but the thing is the price for it is just way too expensive i'm in the uk so it'll be 35 pounds for a single or 60 pounds for a family which is uh way too expensive for what that is and it's i think it's worth noting that a lot of the issues that companies have with like playing these games are as it stands emulation still offers a better service for the vast vast majority of these uh, like re-released digital games and at the moment that's kind of that kind of looks better than buying the nintendo switch online which is one thing to have the base pack and access to like the nes and snes stuff which is pretty good, but the money on top for the N64 and Mega Drive and this new Horizons DLC is just too much. Maybe there'll be more added to it, but at the same time it's just it's just not worth it. Anyway, um, I'm gonna get on to the other bits now. And the main reason I delayed recording this was because uh, about 10 days ago there was a, uh, a timer put up on the website for AquaPlus, which is a developer behind the Utah Romano series, which they had an announcement to make, and it just happened that I kind of worked out what it might have been because twenty sixth of October is the fifteenth uh, anniversary of when the big game got its PlayStation two release, as in the the first Utawarerumono, because yeah, it got remade twice. We got the we got the second remake in the West, and it's related to that because it was a um, a twentieth anniversary stream with like voice actors across the series, which is. It's basically where where like it's what these companies do to market their games in Japan. Where they get voice actors together as well as dev, dev staff and just sit in front of a camera and talk for literally hours about their games and it's honestly a bit boring. Like I don't really see the appeal behind that. And and I think like part of it is because of a language barrier, part of it's because it just doesn't say much of substance. It just doesn't it I just don't get it and I'm not surprised that we don't see that in English much. Like the only example I can think of is with Dragon Quest. The 30th anniversary stream for that was subtitled, and even then, it was still primarily aimed at the Japanese audience. So, yeah, I'm getting really off track, but I think you can kind of see like it might have been a little bit disappointing because um, I also wrote a couple of notes here about what I was what I was hoping to have seen. Um, the first note was hope it's not Utawarerumono related, and I think that kind of says it all because. Um, I don't know if people have much people follow the Japanese releases, but obviously in the West we got Deception and Truth for second and third games, which I've played and are amazing. There was also the remake of the first game, which an uh, NIS nice America released here, which I've not played yet, but I plan to. There's also the Zan Muso game, which is basically apparently a bit mediocre and doesn't really interest me, to be honest. And then in Japan there's also, and this is where it add, this is where it starts to get into like milking territory. There was the recently released Zan 2 which is basically the sequel to the Musou game but for Mask of Truth story instead of Mask of Receptions. There was Docupon Up Mugen the Roulette which is it's basically like a board game-like game like game because another obscure IP which a lot of people will not have heard of especially if they're in outside of the US is Docupon which is a board game IP that Sting Entertainment did and it's basically that combined with Utawarimono, which which uh, apparently wasn't too good either and then the third thing was uh, the phone game which was uh, lost uh, Fr- lost flag which also celebrates its second anniversary next next month which uh i've not played it because that's also like all those games i've mentioned are in japan only so i was hoping that they'd um, release something else because it's like you've got all these games and no actual like new stuff yet and, like, because bear in mind, Akapaz is a developer cover, like, a whole bunch of things. Like, they helped, like, alongside Key, like, build together the the modern visual novel. So things like Two Heart 1 and 2, White Album, Tears to Tiara, and other things like that. They basically have a lot more in their back catalogue, and I was hoping to see some of those ported to modern platforms so they can get localised in English, like, like, on the, on the PS3 and the Vita. I mean, not as much the Vita, but also on the, definitely on the PSP and yeah that's a bit disappointing in that sense I did find out something else though which has kind of intrigued me more which has kind of made up for it as I mentioned before there was about localizing more for their games and it turned out there's been a, a long-running fan translation project for one of their other games which is White Album 2 and this is actually uh, almost finished There's going to be a uh, A fan-translated PC version come out, uh, slated for end of November or early December, so potentially in a month's time, which I heard about, and that they had been going through a long translation cycle, which uh, I'm not aware of the specifics on that. I'm interested in it. The only downside is that it is for the PC version. As I mentioned, White Album 2 does have a console version, like the PS3 and on the Vita, but this is the adult version, like there's a NSFW version, which is quite common for a a lot of PC visual novels, so I'm kind of like... I'd rather not have to play that if I want to get the game in English but it's like it's unlikely to get localised and uh, it's, but it's still a good thing that the translation's done because it potentially allows for somebody to patch it into the console version which yes people do that, and that's quite common in visual novels for better and for worse and yeah I've wanted to bring up because it's like I've mentioned before I don't know if it was on the podcast specifically, but White Album 2 is like my dream vision of a localization, so the fact that an English version is even happening, even in that kind of form, is enough to kind of draw my attention. So I mentioned that, and that kind of... I found out about that just after the uh, the announcement from America Plus officially, and I was like that makes up for it, never say never to an English version officially. Alright, I'm going to move on to the second section, which is uh, what I've been playing. now. The first two games are Demos, and the third one is going to be another game I've been playing in the last two weeks, and then finally File Tomorrow, which is coming at the end, which I I mentioned before that I started playing, and um, obviously I'm going to talk about it, but it's not, I've not finished it, just to say, it's going to be more of an extended impressions thing. So I'm going to move on to start with the Demos, and both of these recently came out on the eShop, and uh, the first one is for Super Wars 30, which is the upcoming... 30th anniversary Gundam game for the Super Robot Wars series, which um, is coming out around this time actually. It'll be out probably not long after I've released this, if not already. Now, the, like a lot of these more recent Robot Wars games, the eShop demos for the Japanese eShop are also in English, and uh, it was quite nice because it's basically a mecha strategy RPG with these really anime charming art styles and... All these characters crossing over from tons of mecha works and things, from things like Gundam, to other things like Super Wars Five actually has Sakura Wars DLC, where a mix from Sakura Wars comes in, which uh, is kind of cool. It's these kind of collaborations that causes a lot of licensing stuff. So this series is like quite known for not having many English releases until like more recently, in Bamco was like, you know what? Let's just release them in Asia, and if people want them, they'll just get them, and which is basically what's happened. So yeah, I did like it. It's it's quite a I I'd say it's a bit of an acquired taste, especially if you're not into the animes because it it visually it's quite low budget looking, and not much voice acting. So I think it would put off people in that respects. But in terms of the actual strategy gameplay, it's quite deep, and the characters are it's the visuals are great, especially the actual battle sequences. I love it. It's just great, and I just like. It's nice to play the game like that again because the last one I played was uh, Super was 5 on the PS4 and I didn't finish that and I had to actually sell the PS4 game. So it was nice to jump back into that even as a demo and maybe I'll get it in the future. It will be expensive but you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Next one was a demo that came out in English like just yesterday actually. And that's for Blue Reflection Second Light and this is uh, Gust's latest game which is coming out um, next month in English, so yeah, it was interesting to play that because I've not really played many Gus games. I've wanted to play Gus games, but I've never really got around to really digging into them. And um, overall, I thought the demo was quite interesting. It was um, the first off, the music was incredible. I just I loved the atmosphere of it, and uh, it was nice being in a high school atmosphere with like these anime girls. It was quite nice. You start with this like simple, safe environment of a high school. And then it goes out into this world, which it looks pretty good actually. I say I say it looks pretty good because on the Switch's portable screen, it's it doesn't look as great as it does on the home consoles, which uh, is a recurring issue with Gust ports. So um, if I did get this game, which is not zero, because I'm really be interested in Blue Reflection, and I'd get it docked because it will look better, or even on PS4, it's just. I don't know, it just I feel it's this is kind of thing I want to sit in front of a screen and play be uh be able to pretty immerse myself in this world, like especially in the visuals, like it looked better outside than the actual world map because the demo part I played you went out into the world map to pick up some things in a a grassy area and it looked a lot better than in the school, which did look a bit rough. It did kind of take away from the immersion a bit. And also worth mentioning that the game is uh Japanese audio only. I think they have to do a lot of reading because. For text was a little small as well, so I think for me it's like, yeah, if I get this game, I'll just I'll just play it in front of the TV. Anyway, move on to games I've actually played that are not demos. First off, because uh, I did I I was trying to play Far Tomorrow, but I had to put it down a bit on and off because it's really heavy, which uh, I'm getting to get into later. So I'd had to play something comparatively light-hearted, and I picked something out from my uh, Wii backlog, and that game was uh, a Wars Five, which was. The only Sakura Wars game that the West ever officially got, aside from the reboot which Sega released. And uh, yeah, compared to other games I've played it's actually quite short in comparison, it's about 10-15 about hours in, maybe a little more than 15, but I'm almost like I'm 75% done, like, there's only like 8 chapters in it, and I've done 6, It's it's kind of, it's really cool, it's like basically like it's a very light-hearted game you get this you play as this like Japanese guy who gets sent to New York and uh work in a theater and you've basically got to socialize with people get closer to the other actors which are women and then outside of that you can do mech battles with these people as part of this like fleet and uh it's and then that's when you get to the actual gameplay portion because it does fall under the category of visual novel because i mean it's very similar to Utawa Rimono which uh, is quite interesting because i've mentioned that already in this podcast so where you have like a visionable section and then the, uh, the actual battle sections although what does make um sakura wars 5 stand out is the whole like you get sections where you can roam freely around this 1920s new york setting so you go to see some places that are like vaguely familiar which was interesting it was quite nice as it was quite small scale but it was enough to have its own charm and it looks pretty good actually on the Wii because in Europe you only got the Wii version which is now quite expensive by the way and I was able to sit in front of this Wii version and play this game and just see the see how great it actually looks it was actually ported by Idea Factory to the Wii so not by Sega or Red who own the IP and stuff but actually by Idea Factory which yeah it's something quite interesting in that sense a couple of things as well with the game in terms of like content like I had this thought playing the game because I think that if Sega was to ever re-release this game again I think there'd be a couple of aspects of the game that they would change like the first up is you get one character who's like there's a theme of like one character having a more gender and presentation like wearing a suit and it's like one of the recurring themes is people going like are you actually a boy or a girl because that is a choice that comes up a few different times but you don't have to select it another thing as well, where like there was another choice as well in the same point where it was like oh it doesn't matter what gender they are and that had a positive response which i thought was interesting and now the other thing as well is there was an ableist trope where one of the other heroines of diana which is one of the cover pairs on the cover when you first like meet them in the game they're in a wheelchair and they later end up joining the, the, the cast. And this person's like had given up on life. But then when Peer interacts with them and they develop a connection, and you go through her little character subplot in her chapter, which I think is like chapter four or five or something. And then not only does she like develop as a character, which is good, but she also stops using the wheelchair, which is a kind of a uh, links into a harmful ableist trope where someone's out of the wheelchair and using the wheelchair as i'm finding it difficult to describe actually but it's basically the i could sense the ableist connotations of like having a character in a wheelchair who felt limited like in their ambitions but then when they'd help to see that oh wait they do have potential they can change the future then there's all of a sudden they don't use the wheelchair anymore which is kind of harmful like you could you could achieve the same story without the wheelchair or if you did use the wheelchair still have this person actually use the wheelchair after their things have changed because in real life that doesn't happen yeah it was a bit of a shame seeing that but at the same time i think if sega was to return to the game today i think that would get changed like they did remove the transphobic side stories from the yakuza remaster when that was a thing a few years ago i mean it was an interesting peak in the past in that respect so i did quite like it in that sense for not just that, that subplot because the subplot aside from that was pretty good but the whole the whole game overall I've liked so it's been a nice little light hearted cleanser with great music as well with a good dub as well alright so for the final bit I'm going to talk a bit about Fatima Morgana before I move on to briefly talk about soundtracks and um, yeah. so yeah this is a um, I, so far at the time of recording I've done up to door 5 which is a uh, I think like chapter 7 or something. Yeah, I think it's chapter chapter 5 6 7 and I got three endings. Uh, the eight. And um I might do a full like full topic actually if I finish it cuz I say if because it's quite triggering because some of the content which I knew going in. And it's hard to take step back and take breaks, which is why I've played of Wars because that's a lot easier to play. And yeah, but overall I'm finding it quite interesting. It's it's kind of difficult to describe without spoiling because First off, a lot of people know if for the art style and the music, which is amazing. Like I love both of it. It's so different in a good way and it's great and the cgs are beautiful. And although Fata Morgan doesn't have voice acting, the music is that good. It more than makes up for it, especially as some of it is the music is actually vocal, which is actually pretty good. So I did really like that. The other thing is that there's like plot setups. So like when you start a story, especially in a door, not all is not what it seems like there's people that like you meet someone at the start and you think oh they're this person so whether you think they're nice whether you think they're evil you realize oh shit they're not actually evil especially once their perspective shifts the the person you play as but sometimes like other npcs that are in the story that you talk to and yeah it's just it's incredible in that sense because like like a lot of people like this game because of its storytelling, and that's the kind of thing where your expectations are constantly subverted. And even when horrible things happen, it's like it doesn't feel like it's like artificially added in just for shock value. For some of it is like historical accuracy because this game takes place over several different time periods behind the doors, and I feel like it's largely like reflecting the the story, and seeing like these different these characters and because. Yeah, it's just, it's so hard to elaborate and go into without going to spoilers. And it's that kind of thing where, oh shit, I never realised that. And it's like, is that kind of constant perspective shifting where you see that and it just shapes, it just makes you look at things differently, but yet it's how this world sets it up and it's really hard to find something like that. And that's uh, why well, I want to finish it. Like, it's a rough read, but at the end of the day, I do want to finish it and come to a full conclusion on it. I don't know if I'll play the fan disc. Or the, or the console exclusive content, because I do have the Switch version, which does have that content included in it. I'll take it a bit of time. Alright, I'm going to do the final section, which um, I'm actually getting a little bit tired, so I'm not going to elaborate for as as long as I was originally planning to, mainly because I've been at this for well over 20 minutes, which has surprised me to be frank, and especially I've had a lot to talk about and everything else. So I'm going to talk a bit about the main reasons why I like game soundtrack, because In terms of music, I tend to only listen to game soundtrack now. Like there's a few other exceptions, like occasionally Vocaloid music, but in terms of music, it is like yeah, more into game music above everything else. And the first reason is that it's quite a um deceptively simplistic sounding genre. Like people think, oh, game music is just like chiptune music from the 1980s or music that's clearly synthesized and things like that, which kind of does make sense but it's quite a narrow definition when it's it's not as narrow as that you have things like chiptunes and synthesized music but you also have orchestrated music you also have actually using licensed music from other genres into the game and like an example of that is like the, the symphony of saucy world from kingdom hearts 3d where you actually got this classical music playing in the background that was like originally done in the 1800s, but re-recorded just for the game, so not only does it sound better, but it also sounds amazing, and it's an absolutely beautiful world to play through. And that's the kind of thing you can only get in video games. It's like, a lot of time people was like, oh it's like movies, because in some ways, yeah it is, like there is a soundtrack that's that's, that's like as if it could be written, but from a movie. That's a good thing in the sense of it's good that it exists, and a lot of like, especially for these major AAA games, like a lot of the music wouldn't be out of place in a movie, which... It's fine. It helps immersion. It helps with accessibility because people be like, "Oh, this sounds similar to a movie," so I like it. But as I mentioned, a lot of people can be quite classic as well. So like, there's like the Mario Brothers theme, like the Mario Brothers one-one theme, which uh, the the one people be familiar with. I don't need to explain it. And that one, you know, you get that version, but you get remixes of that in like everything from Super Mario All Stars with the SNES re- redoing of the sound font all the way up to like any variants that appear in like smash ultimate or any other mario games because even in newer mario games like a lot of it does kind of sound a bit more like a movie in some ways like odyssey's like cutscene clips and the galaxy's cutscene clips but it's difficult to explain but game music still retains own you can kind of tell it's a game song like in mario 3d world for example that music is like it's orchestrated but you can tell it's kind of for a game it's really hard to describe i also think as well that great music can really save like visually bland games so like i mentioned earlier super Wars as well which has like some of that music is actually licensed as well but alongside that there is original stuff as well and it's like the music in that series like kicks some serious ass basically it sounds amazing and it's really unique and it really helps with immersion for that because the game is visually bland but the music is what gives it its identity as well as characters you see like yeah the battlefield looks bland, but if you've seen the actual battle animations and alongside the music for the said battle animations it looks even better with the music for the said battle animations, and yeah it's just, it, all the colours, it looks so vibrant and the music adds to that, it's like oh here's a fight we're gonna fight some mechs, and it's just, it's great, and then there's actual honesty as well, There's another example which is um, a first person dungeon crawler, is for the 3ds, and so and yes as well and like a lot of people are like oh the gameplay is not so great like people a lot of people aren't really a fan of dungeon crawling rpgs which is fair game because i can definitely see why but some people are like oh well, i like actuality because the music and art is that good and in fairness it is like the music is well first off by user koshiro who is a good example of a variety composer for doing things like not just actuality but things like seventh dragon which is another rpg series like streets of rage and uh, virtue fighter i think i think virtue fighter i don't know but so much variety and things like that it's incredible <sighs> yeah i could go, i could go on about that thing but i'd pay i play a lot of visually bland games in that sense and having music that's amazing helps a lot the thing that kind of helps me a bit is like i tend to like to stim to it a lot because i'm autistic so i tend to sometimes like like stim and including things like rocking back and forth without realizing a lot of it's because the game music is like really comforting in that sense like you know what you're getting in a sense especially like, I can listen to classic OSTs and stuff the music that I like so like yes I mentioned mario I've mentioned ittro Sea. I've also mentioned um, I've not mentioned others but things like persona things like Kingdom Hearts the Xenoblade games things else that I have like immersion in the Utah Warmano games as well which um, even fall of vision as well because vision an amazing soundtrack as well like I'm playing through far tomorrow at the moment and there's a particular song in the third chapter. Um, the third door, which is the, the uh, 18th century one, the one that's the most modern. And that's, that door's got some amazing music, especially when you're just in the cutscenes talking to people, and it's like, you wouldn't think it's for such a, a game when you hear that, and it's incredible. And there's also the Eternia's as well, which... Illusion All OST, especially for things like that, is just really underrated. Like the Psychedelic or Atome games, I love the soundtrack for those. crazy so, Realise right, is good as well. And of course, there's things like Falcom Sound Team, Basically, if you've played a, a game by Falcom, it's music by those people, which uh, names have changed over time, but they're broadly the same people, like things like East and Trails music's great, uh way music, especially for the first one's good as well, I love that soundtrack, and Gurumin, which is uh, the 3D action platformer, is also pretty great, and then there's just others as well, there's just so much variety and I love it. And uh, yeah, then finally, of course, there's Nintendo OST, which um, I love as well, because that's like, as well as like for familiarity, you kind of know what you're getting, and it's just so much, uh, it's hard to explain, I just love it, and I love it to the point where I have physical game OSTs, and I do like to collect for it when I can, with physical OSTs, unless you're into vinyl, it can be quite expensive to get hold of, because, especially since Brexit, I have to import the, the majority of it now. And even from ones that come to Japan, because most soundtracks I want tend to only get released in Japan. And Cause only in Japan it's expensive to import it. Especially if it like doesn't end up on Amazon Japan or is exclusive to like a con or something. Or somewhere else where it's prohibitively more expensive. So it can be a lot to it can be quite expensive to procure it. And that's kind of like like I'm not able to just buy tons at once but at the same time it's like one of these days and I've got money I want to just place a few orders for OSTs from Japan and just import all of it because that's what I want because I want to have all these CDs and have this part of have this represented and have this love represented like also get a speaker set as well so I can just play it loudly in my in my future game room my future house and it's gonna look and sound amazing and just have that and then just be able to and play games and just especially the TV just sit in front of the TV and just zone out and just enjoy just enjoy listening to this amazing music and also as well I'm playing rhythm games as well it can be really comforting and calming to have like have a switch with a V2 in front of me and have the music playing while I'm playing just have the headphones in my ears and just hearing this music and it just it's so calming and it's amazing and I love it absolutely beautiful and think i might i think i'm gonna finish there because it's gone over 30 minutes and i'm really tired because i've been talking on and off 30 minutes which on the bright side i'm glad because the last episode was it was a bit little quite was a bit little bit too short for my liking like, it was like under just over 20 minutes which uh, wasn't the best timing for me but having something like which will be by the time i'm done editing this will be closer to like 31 minutes which is a lot closer to what i'm aiming for really which is kind of nice really and um uh i um i definitely will be doing one the week after so not this not next week but the week after and hopefully i'll have more to talk about i'm hoping i'll have been able to finish the um at least Sakura wars maybe Fatima morgana uh i might try to get something for like the psp or something played a bit i don't know because i'm i'm uh, heading out for a few days to do something which uh, i don't want to talk about here but it's uh essential so I'll be out of here so I literally can't sit in front of my consoles and play stuff and I don't really want to be traveling around for switch so I'll have to pick, get something that's fairly cheap by comparison which is uh the PSP or the even the 3DS I don't know I'll think about it it doesn't matter anyway I'll decide then and yeah thank you so much for watching if you enjoyed um not watching but listening but I don't If yeah, thank you so much for listening consuming enjoying and just hearing me ramble for 30 minutes about games and music and stuff and If you'd like to, consider following me on your platform of choice. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.